Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode on the Product Bed Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a very cool topic I am personally very obsessed about, but I hope you will equally find a ton of value out of it. So it is called how to map out your value engines in your product-led business. So first off, like what the heck is a value engine? It's really a simple way of mapping out everything that goes on in your business. Everything from like that first touch point, like let's say it's a Google ad or it's an Instagram post or something, like however people find out about you and you take it all the way from that first touch point to them signing up, to them getting value in your product, to them actually becoming a customer and then becoming a successful customer. So you map out every single little step and it's not just what goes on in your product, it's everything else. So a value engine, why you want one is because it brings a crazy level of simplicity to your business as far as how do you actually create value in your business, not just create value, but also how you capture value. And so once you have it all mapped out, why you should care about this is because you can get much better as an organization at really creating and capturing value. So today we're going to dig into how do you actually build that out? And I have here none other than our famous co-host, director of content, Laura at Product Lad. So we're going to kick it off. Yeah. Thanks for the intro this time. I didn't forget the intro. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy. I'm really excited about this topic too. And what's really interesting about this is that it is a precursor to our process component of the product-led system, which if you've been following along, you know that the system is a series of nine components that you need to master to build a successful product-led business. So what this value map does is it is the very first part of the process component. And I want to dig in with you, Wes, why we need to start with this to create good experiments that actually make an impact because I think that's really important to understand why we need to even do this to begin with. Right. Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to like why you actually want to do this and why it's at the very beginning of the process component, the main reason is really because when you think about running more experiments and how do you organize the rest of your team, like if you don't know exactly how does your team create capture value, what often happens is you have a lot of ideas. And those ideas, some of them are great. Others are like, I have an idea. If we did this Facebook ad, this would provide a lot of value. It's like, but how do we currently create value? Is this a net new thing or is this something established? And the things that are established that we're already doing that are driving value that we can measure, they have a lot more likelihood of actually succeeding. And so when we do this and we map it all out, it gives a holistic picture of of how the heck do we actually provide, create and capture that value as an organization so that you know where can you apply the most leverage? So that's really what we're trying to get at. In the data components, what we did was understand like what are the core metrics you need to track so you can actually understand like where is the bottleneck in your business? Now in the process component, we go through like how do we actually create, capture that value? But then where it gets really fun is where can we now apply the most leverage? And so that's really why it's it's first at the very beginning. Okay, and so that's really helpful here. When it comes to, I think what let's let's back up a bit and and you kind of alluded to what the heck a value a value engine is, but I really want to understand what it looks like, how you even go about doing this with your team, and what the first step is for to create it. So. For someone who's just listening to this and they have no idea what a value engine looks like, how do you map this out in your head? How do you explain it to someone who's just listening? 
Yeah, for sure. So I'll actually go through an example so we can all kind of like hopefully visualize this. Obviously on a podcast, it's a little bit trickier, but bear with me. I'll try my best. So I'll use Google Analytics as an example, since most people like Google Analytics to some degree, although GA4 has now replaced it. They've killed it. So for Google Analytics, when we think about the very starting point, like where do we start on this, is always where do people hear about you? And so that's where we start. And we start asking ourselves like, okay, how do we typically drive traffic to our site typically? So this is usually on other channels, maybe it's on search, like it's a Google ad, maybe it's through content. What you're gonna do is list out all the main ways that people find out about you and they eventually land onto your site. So you just map out all those different channels at the very beginning. What I do when we recreate this is we just use Big Jamboard or Mirrorboard and have like post-it notes of all of these specific channels as far as like how do we typically get people to our website. And then the next one is like, where do they land on the site? Is it like your homepage? Is it like a specific landing page? Like where did, does everybody bubble up? And regardless, like, let's say for an example, they're all signing up for like free Google Analytics. Like sometimes you might have targeted landing pages for specific terms, but like they all drive to the main free signup page. So it's like, okay, we're mapping that out. Okay, they go to the free signup page, they sign up. Then maybe you have a series of a few questions. You ask people more about them to understand, okay, like what kind of data are you trying to find out about? That'll help us with setting up good reports later on. You'll go through that part of the onboarding experience. So basically what we've actually done already is we've mapped out the acquisition side of the value engine. So that's like your very first one you'll map out. And then we will move on to the engagement value engine. That's really just like, how do we create value? And that's really starts off with that, that profiling step where it goes through. Okay, here's a few questions. You don't always have to have that, but usually we recommend it to get the most value of like, how can we better serve these users? And so they complete that step. Then there's usually a certain amount of setup. Now for Google Analytics, you might know you have to upload a script to your website. So it's like, okay, we'll map out that process. We got to post a note, they got to upload the script, but what else might they have to do? Sometimes maybe on our team side, if they don't do this step, we might reach out to them, follow up with them. We have emails that go out to them and they say, hey, you forgot the most important step. In fact, we can't give you any cool analytics until you do this. So please do it for God's sakes in nicer words and stuff like that. But like, that's basically the point. We're trying to get them to do this so they can see the value of the product. And so you're mapping out all of those steps. And that's, I think, what a lot of people miss in creating a value engine is they think like, oh yeah, our product is really simple. We just do these three things, four things. I'm talking about literally list out everything that goes on in your company to do that. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in here. So when you mean like actually mapping out everything, you're talking granular level, like say they, they're clicking a button to, to sign up and they're getting an email for this. Is that correct? Yeah, you'll go through like all these steps that are required. Great. So we have the acquisition, the monetization, and then, or sorry, acquisition, engagement, and now we have monetization. And what does that look like? Correct. Yep. So like just to recap for the engagement, like that goes all the way, not just for setup, but then there's also two more steps you typically go through, which is the first strike. So it's like, okay, what do we actually have to do in this product to actually get people to that first strike? So that might be once again, like reaching out, like, hey, you installed you know, the JavaScript, which is great. Here's based on whatever that profiling question is, you're trying to find out more about like your website retention rate the first seven days. I'd say that's was one of the questions. Perfect. Here's your report 
on exactly that a week later. Here's what it looks like. Here are some interesting findings. You're sourcing that so they can start to realize like, wow, okay, I should start using this product more. So that's where you'd map out like, how does that process look like for getting people to the first strike? And then the key usage indicator is the next step where it's like, okay, have we developed a habit? And usually where we define that like early stage for most product companies is like, have they done this three times yet? Have they found like three interesting things in your product and experienced that core value of the product at least three times? So what do you do in that? Map out all those current steps. Uh, so that's kind of like recapping the, the engagement step. You have those four main things, the profile, the setup, the first strike, and then the overall like key usage indicator. So you're going to map all the things that go on to do that. And then the next part is really just the monetization value engine. So like what goes on in that stage for your business? And so this is really encompassing like two main steps. Obviously you could like bolt on a lot more if you have like a very big land and expand product like HubSpot, where it's like it might start off with one little thing and it's like, boom, you can grow to the service hub, you can grow to the marketing hub, the sales, all that stuff. So how it essentially works for a very basic kind of product like company is right away, you're gonna map out what are all the steps that go into actually upgrading. So even for some product like companies, they still have to talk to sales. So like, okay, what do they do if that's your case to actually go through the upgrade process? They click the call to actions or like book a call, what goes on to actually like in that meeting, they have you listed out what actually happens in that meeting. What's the next step after that? Do they have to click something? Do they click an invoice from what product? Is it like Paddle? Is it Stripe? What What is the like payment processor that they have to use? Is there errors in there? You're mapping out all that stuff. And if it's self-service, like, okay, way easier to do that. But you're mapping out all those steps for the upgrade step, what's actually involved there. And then the next step, this is one where like you can have multiple growth steps, but I'll just share one to give you an example for this one. So let's say for Google Analytics, it was paid. Okay, great. I upgraded to this first version. Now the growth step is for your product could be anything that uh, you do to provide a better level of service, whether that's just to increase retention for your customers, or it could be something where you actually grow into like, okay, we realize once people start using Google Analytics for a while, if they're a big company, they need to upgrade to like BigQuery or something like that to actually have like better analytics. So that would be something where it's like, okay, what are all the steps required to actually not just like keep this customer here, but actually grow them and their use cases. So what's involved there? So Hopefully by now you can see the crazy level of obsession <laughs> I have when it comes to mapping out each of these steps because a lot of people miss it when it comes to just oversimplifying it or they don't think about all those steps. But I hope you can see even just with this Google Analytics example that when you map it all out, good things happen. You can start to see, okay, if people aren't engaging, what are we currently doing? And you might realize actually we're not doing that much for these specific users to help them. Or maybe we're like, we're just overwhelming them. We're adding way too many steps for people to upgrade. Uh, like, why do they have to talk to us again? Like, it should start to, to form some of those questions for your team to go through and be like, really, is this the best way to do that? Because like, we're clearly not capturing enough value or we're clearly not creating enough value. Maybe we need to change our overall value engine, what we do in each of those stages. You have the data now and you mapped it all out, you have the data. So you not just not only have like the quantitative part of like, okay, we know like, for instance, we have 10,000 people visiting our website and only like a hundred people signing up. So like, okay, that would be a good bottleneck to kind of go through, but it's like, now you actually have the like whole process and you might have like 10 things people have to do to, to sign up. Maybe we should reevaluate that because <laughs> 
clearly we're adding a lot of friction in this whole process for people. So it just makes it easier because like your experiment that you would launch is going to be like, well, let's fix that. Let's simplify it. Yeah, I love that. That makes so much sense. For companies that don't have a full product-led motion and are transitioning from a sales-led or kind of more on the sales-led side, how is their value engine going to look different in this case? I know that was something that came up on our coaching call. And so I'm sure some of our listeners have that question as well. You will still map it out the same. The thing that is different is usually the order of the stages. So in a product-led company, it's usually always you acquire, then you have to engage those users, provide value. And then it's about monetization. The sales-led way is really like you acquire them, get them to fill out the form for the demo, then you kind of move on to the monetization step. And then it's about actually engaging and making sure you deliver on that promise. So that's the biggest like fundamental difference. The overall like tracking of the steps, what do you do? That piece is is still the same. So that's just the the one kind of big thing I would point out. And then for some companies who have multiple products, I assume they're going to have multiple value engines, correct? Correct. Yes. If this is your first time doing this together, after you listen to this podcast, you're inspired, you want to build it out. The very kind of first activity we had in our program was just asking yourself, like, what is the primary value engine you are going to build out? So this is almost always going to be what you would define as your core product. So if you do not know what the, your core product is, a uh, great discussion to be had <laughs> as a company uh, because you need to have a core product. And this is it as far as that value engine. That makes sense. All right. I love your obsession and passion on value engines. I just want to share a little bit and maybe actually you can share a little bit more about we just did this recently at Product Led and we came to some interesting conclusions and it really helped us out. So I, I'm just wondering if you could expand on that a bit so someone can, can understand, can see this in action, what it might do for your business. Yep. So the main thing is like when you map your value engine, like what you'll typically see is kind of the main outcome. You just have a lot of clarity. Like, hey, here is exactly how we create capture value as a company. You'll be able to spot those bottlenecks. You'll be able to run experiments that are based on like, hey, here's how we're actually doing things. And this, we believe will be a much better value engine. And the reason why, back to even why we call it a value engine and how it's different than a sales-led company is it's, it's not a conversion engine, although you will get customers at the end of this. It's all about like how do you actually stack up the value for your customer first, and then you'll be able to create value as a company at the end of it. So the main kind of core outcome I hope you'll see is that you'll have more users that are getting the value in your product, and then by a factor of that, more users are actually upgrading. That's the the end game for this whole kind of game we're creating here with this value engine. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Everyone wants more upgrades, users who upgrade on their own. Well, if you're listening to the, this podcast, you do anyway. So any final words, Wes, on value engines? Yes. So when you're thinking about like, okay, how do I get started for this? The basic thing you need to ask is like, who do we need to invite on a meeting, like at least 60, 90 minutes to actually craft this out and build it out for our team. So you definitely want like your leadership team well represented on this because like this is going to involve the acquisition side of the business, how you engage people, your monetization side. So like it is really, it should be your core leadership team or maybe there's like in a small startup, like, okay, maybe it's head of growth knows some things about each of these two. So make sure you get the right people in there, but no more than seven people. And just get messy. Like if you're in person, use post-it notes. If you're remote, use like FigJam or Miro or something like that. So just map out like all the post-it notes for everything. Don't worry about how things connect yet. And really just document like, hey, here's exactly what goes on. And just the 
process of doing this will give you a ton of clarity. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Or are you doing that that way? The questions this will generate will be really fun for you and your team. So that's kind of the, the top three things. So if you want, what we put together is a blog post that accompanies this podcast where you can actually see and visualize like, hey, here's exactly what a value engine looks like if you've been wondering uh, what that looks like. So head on over. We'll include the link to that blog post in the show notes and then connect with us on LinkedIn. Let us know how you found this podcast episode and what your biggest takeaway was. Here's what the, the next step is. If you've learned anything uh, from this podcast episode and you actually want to implement it more inside your business, we got some exciting news. We are opening up our wait list for joining the Product Led Academy. So everything we're discussing here is a part of our program. It's actually a specific week where we build this out into your business every single week. And so this is one of the coolest programs, I think, <laughs> where you can actually build out and scale up your product led business with other folks who are doing the same thing. And so at the very beginning of May, we're going to be opening this up for three, four days really quick to just let everybody in who wants to join for the next year long program. And so make sure to get on that wait list so you can join and you just have to go to productled.com forward slash academy and then you'll be able to join the waitlist it's really quick and hope to see you in the next cohort of the program and that is all for today happy growing everybody have a good day